podcast. I'm Doug Wiley, Police One Editor in Chief. Hi, welcome back. This is Jim Dudley. Jim, um, one of the most um, troubling things, um, still for me, about Perf's uh, 30 Guiding Principles report released earlier this year is that they camouflaged some dangerous ideas about reform um, of use of force and other concepts with some suggestions that not only make sense, um, really good, good sense, but that we've been doing in law enforcement for years and years and years. And one of them that really drives me crazy is the, the, the they, officers are supposed to be taught de-escalation techniques. Well, I have news for everybody. <laughs> They've been taught de-escalation techniques for a long time, and it's been used for a long time. People get talked into handcuffs on a day-to-day basis all the time. The public doesn't know this, and they're reading this perf report and saying, oh, de-escalation sounds like a good idea, like it's a new thing, right? Sure. They're not exposed to the calls that, you know, where the subject is is talked either, you know, by command presence or commands or or other techniques verbally into the handcuffs. And I want to just point out that um, one of the de-escalation techniques that I have been exposed to um, in some training um, is possibly perhaps the most well-known is um, called verbal judo. And I'm not sure if um, you've had any training in it, but it's very similar to probably everything you've been, been, been uh, taught. Um, and it's, I'm going to read from their website, a technique that offers ways to diffuse conflict and redirect behavior into more positive channels. It was created more than three decades ago by Dr. George Thompson, who was president and founder of the Verbal Judo Institute. Um, and now... Dr. Thompson has passed away. Um, in his stead, uh, instructors are continuing to teach verbal judo, not only to pol- police officers, but to um, m- uh, medical professionals and anyone who needs to you know, handle difficult people um, in a way that uh, hopefully doesn't result in any force. Now, after Dr. Thompson's death, in my opinion, the Jedi master of uh, verbal judo is a guy named uh, Gary Klugowitz. He's a Police One contributor, and, and I, you can look it up on Police One, verbal judo, Gary Klugowitz. There are several articles. There are several videos. The videos are very compelling. Um, we've done some tactical tips, he and I, together. Um, he is really, really, really good at this stuff because he's also got black belts in a variety of other actual judo and other um, martial arts. He knows that if this doesn't work, he can handle himself whatever comes. You know, whether it's just by hands or use of force with any other uh, tools. Um, but he continually reminds us on uh, Police One, Tactical Tips, and other things, the five guiding principles on which verbal judo are based. And I'll read. People feel the need to be respected. People would rather be asked than told. People have a desire to know why. People prefer to have options over threats. And people want to have a second chance. Now, if we begin the conversation around de-escalation, with those things, treat others as you would like to be treated, you know, like pretend like you're arresting your mother, that kind of stuff. Sure. De-escalation, the, 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 the thing that drives me crazy is that de-escalation is constantly used. All of those things in verbal judo are used across the country daily. Only 1%, less than 1% of all citizen contacts results in any use of force. They never make the news. Only the use of force case makes the news. And so I, for, I guess my question to you is, you know, what kind of training have, have you gone through? What kind of training do you have you been exposed to um, that doesn't have any kind of a fancy pants name like verbal judo? Right. Well, it, it's, in, it's ingrained in you from the very beginning of your basic police academy. And I think sometimes law enforcement, we are our own worst enemies in that 
we are very limited in budget and personnel. So 85% or more of any law enforcement agency's budget goes for just personnel. There's not a lot of leeway into hiring a PR person. And I think by not having good PR with, with the public, the media, that a lot of that is lost. So the, the general public and the media doesn't know the training that we get in basic academies. And it all starts with talking to people, interviewing people. I remember when I was in the police academy, we would be stopped arbitrarily in the hallway by uh, somebody from the, from the training staff to say, hey, I was just the victim of a crime. Ask me some questions. Mm -hmm. And it started then. But it goes to the very end of the police academy when you are confronted with simulations of a crime, a crime in progress, taking somebody into custody. And in these simulations, you're supposed to use everything you've been taught up to that point. And that is including the continuum of force. Mm -hmm. So when you take someone on and they are hostile, you can articulate the things that they're doing. They're balling their fists, they're sweating, mm -hmm. they're shaking. They are staring at you. They're showing anger on their face. Then you should be able to recognize that and prepare yourself in how to deal with it. But it always starts with words. And if you go straight to hands-on, grabbing something out of somebody's hands, twisting them around, throwing them against the wall, in many cases, you fail the simulation. And I'd say the, the highest number of fails in the academy happens towards those last few weeks when those simulation training uh, incidents, uh, exercises are, are very critical to your training. So certainly there are times when you should take control, be firm, felony car stops. We just talked about it. There is no please sir, yes ma'am. Be respectful, but be firm and give the commands that are clear and with no ambiguity whatsoever that you clearly want them to driver with your left hand, take the keys out of the ignition, throw them on the street, right? There, there is no ambiguity there. They, they know what you want. Uh, but then in dealing with people on the street, it's easy to start low and escalate up. We, we do have intensive training. We do have uh, specialized training, certainly for hostage negotiation. We have uh, critical incident, uh, critical uh, sit teams that, that can identify uh, people with mental illness, um, that, that can recognize these things and, and learn to speak to them, delay them say things that disarm them, maybe say things that might confuse them or at least slow them down, ask them to stand, ask them to sit, get down to their level, um, talk in low, reassuring tones. Those are great ways to talk to people, but officers should certainly be aware to recognize cues, to shift on the fly, to be able to use, as you said, the guy's great with verbal judo, but he had the real belts to back up with real judo if he had to. And every officer certainly knows or, or needs to recognize that, that they should be able to shift on the fly, go hands-on at a moment's notice. Yeah, and it's 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 circumstance-based. It's, it's every single incident is its own little snowflake. You know, there's so many similarities across the board, but they're all their own little snowflake. And you have to respond 
in split-second decision-making with what level of force, if any, is required to, to bring the situation to a successful closure. You know, So if you're having a, a verbal interaction and suddenly you see some of those uh, pre-attack indicators, you know, maybe step off the X, get yourself ready to go hands-on or do something, change your tactics a little bit. You know, where <clears throat> asking the subject a second time, will you please do X, Y, Z, now you say, now I'm going to tell you, there's another technique which I've always really liked. It's ask, tell, make. The ATM machine, right? I'm going to ask you, I'm going to tell you, then I'm going to make you. That's your three options. If you don't, uh, if you don't rep um, rep um, reply in the affirmative, when I say, please sit on the, uh, on the curb, I'm going to be ins inspecting your vehicle. Um, then sit on the curb, I'm going to be inspecting your vehicle, and now I'm going to make you sit on the curb, and you're probably going to be hooked up at the sure. same time. And, and a, lot of, a lot of it is just simplifying it for the individual, explaining them the process. So in my 32-year career, I cannot tell you that I've ever taken anyone to jail for not signing a ticket. And I know mm -hmm. it's happened to some officers repeatedly, and I think it's in the approach. Mm -hmm. If if somebody is adamant that they don't believe that they did the violation that you're accusing them of, if you explain the, the ticket, the summons, that it is a promise to appear mm -hmm. and you can have your day in court and you can tell the judge, but if you don't sign now, it's going to be a, a custodial arrest. You're going to jail. And if you don't explain that in terms that uh, a person would understand at the time when they might be feeling emotional or angry, then you're going to end up putting the handcuffs on them and taking taking them to detention. And I think if if you're able to articulate to that individual why you stopped them, what the process is, you're probably not taking them. That whole scenario you just covered all five things. Of I'll go back and do it one more time. People feel the need to be respected. You've covered that. Check that box. People would rather be asked than told. People have the desire to know why. And that's really the crux of what you were just saying. People would prefer to have options over threats. And people want to have a second chance. And you give the person, I've explained to you now why you need to have this, uh, this promise to appear. Now will you please sign the ticket? Get the signature or we're all off, you know, uh, you know uh, in our own directions once again. We go off driving off and sure. everything's okay. And you don't accomplish any of those things by walking up and saying, press hard three copies. <laughs> and as we wrap up, I want to just make sure we remind everyone listening that um, if you have thoughts on this topic or any other, please do email Jim and I at policingmatters at policeone.com. If you have thoughts on a topic you think we should be covering, um, if you want to send us hate mail, we enjoy that too. Uh, do please tune back in next week. We'll be back with another podcast, Policing Matters. Take care and be safe.